Welcome to the podcast Down There by Laura McCaig, a physical therapist who is absolutely dedicated to educate, inspire, and empower others to discover that pelvic health and wellness is important, that it doesn't have to be embarrassing or intimidating, and that it can actually be fun to learn about. So let's have some fun learning today. Now on to the show. This episode of Down There is brought to you by Laura McCaig Physical Therapy, where we help men and women find real solutions to leakage, pain, and other problems down there. Let us help you regain your dignity, stay fit and active, and enjoy your family time, social life, and intimate relationships again. You can find us at www.lauramccaigpt.com. Hello again, and welcome to the podcast Down There. I am your host, Laura McKegg. I am a pelvic floor physical therapist in Olathe, Kansas. And it has been a while since I have done a podcast, but I want to share with you a few stories from some of my current and former clients who have noticed some big changes in their lives and their problems through pelvic floor physical therapy and the problems that people don't talk about. And so we're going to talk about one of them today. And I have a special guest today that I will introduce right now. He is he is one of the clients that I'm seeing right now, and he wanted to share his story with you. Well, Laura, I would say, I guess, thanks for having me, but I, I, I kind of wish I had never been in this position to begin with. <laughs> yeah. um, for everybody that's listening, my name is yeah. Stacy. I'm a, I guess I was late 30s when this whole thing started, but I am uh, 40 years old currently, um, and I also live in um, the Kansas City area. Okay, yeah. So today's topic is post-vasectomy pain. And a lot of people think, what in the world is that? Yeah, that unfortunately is a thing. And I think more guys deal with it than we know. And so Stacy's given me permission to share about that. But I just want you to first share your journey, you know, what happened and what was it that got you start to search for some help? Yeah, so that's a, it's a little bit of an involved story. I'll try not mm-hmm. to keep us here all day. But it, it was, man, I guess I had my vasectomy in the latter end of 2020. So it's been a little while. And I think just like everybody else, I had friends who had vasectomies. And everybody's like, oh, it's a, it's a simple procedure. You're in or out, which is very true. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Very true. Um, and then, you know, you're down for about three days with a bag of peas on your nether regions and, and everything goes according to plan. And I thought that that was going to be the case. And I will say that the, the, the week after was great. Um, Mm -hmm. slowly what I started to notice was kind of this lingering pain in my left testicle. Some days it would be really bad. Some days it wouldn't be, you know, super noticeable at all. And it kind of went on and it went on and it went on. And I talked to the urologist that did my vasectomy and and he said, you know, this can be very normal. Um, he's like, you know, there's a lot of things that are done. And I, I can quote, quote him verbatim where he said, Hey, 
you used to have three objects that were holding your testicles in place. Now you have two because we cut one mm-hmm. of them, right? Which yeah. is, is the purpose of the vasectomy. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, kind of went with it. And, and he did a couple of rounds of, uh, uh, of antibiotics with me and thinking that there was maybe mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a residual infection or something along those lines. But it kind of just kept going. And then slowly but surely... I started to get some other symptoms that that kind of started into the mix here, and and those were, um, you know, a lot of urgency to to urinate, particularly at night. And again, it was kind of one of those things where some days it'd be okay, and some days it it, it you know would be horrible. And, and I mean, there were times where I went to the bathroom seven times in an hour and at the same time noticed that my stream of urine started to be not nearly as good as it once was and the pain and everything started kind of getting a little bit worse and I think that's when we started down the path of okay this may be something medically let's dive down that and so I I went through the gambit testicular ultrasound I had a CT because they were worried about kidney stones um, culminating in a, a the wonder that is a cystoscopy, which mm-hmm. is a medical necessity, but is the worst, worst diagnostic I've ever had in my life. And um, multiple rounds of antibiotics and, and nothing was getting better. And I, I honestly, and, and Laura's laughed at me on multiple occasions, I, I went down the rabbit hole of Reddit. <laughs> Um, and Reddit was good in some respects. It was bad in others because you read all these stories about people who are terrified that they've lived with this for mm-hmm. forever and there's nothing you can do. And then you would find this voice of reason in in the mix of everything of, of yeah, this can get better. And, um, you know, it, it kind of just it went on and on. And finally, I, I sat down with my urologist and I said, OK, I was like, I, I got to have something else to do with this. And I only had dealt with it for a year by that point. And he said, well, would you consider physical therapy? And I, I said, absolutely. You know, at this point, I would do anything. And, you know, of course, immediately went on all the forums, and everything and, and started looking at what that meant. And, and I think a lot of what we saw was inside the rectum physical therapy which is you know laura correct me if i'm wrong is definitely a thing mm-hmm, uh, yeah. but it, yeah. you know and a lot of like scary stories about people teaching themselves how to do internal uh massage to to help with this and and you know i think i started googling and we had moved to kansas city by that point and, and i was fortunate enough to come up with laura's name um via google search and i said you know what I got nothing to lose. Uh, I'm going to give her a call. And that's kind of what embarked you and I together on, on this whole pelvic PT journey. Yeah. So that was a lot. Yeah, no, that, but for those guys who are listening, does this sound like your story? And I would say this is a very common journey. It's a long journey. It's a frustrating journey. And I would say, you know, for one, Stacy's story is very different from a lot of you guys because one, his urologist actually suggested pelvic PT, which is, it's getting better, but it's not common. So that's why a lot of guys go down the Reddit rabbit hole or they're told nothing or they're told, oh, let's try another round of antibiotics and it doesn't work, but you've got this nagging suspicion that, okay, something, something is wrong. Well, and so many diagnoses. Yeah. I mean, I, right. it was first it was 
prostatitis and then it was maybe it's a UTI and then it was post vasectomy yeah. pain syndrome right. and you know finally we landed on on you know yeah. well hey maybe it's just a pelvic floor issue right um, yeah and so it was kind of you know it was that roller coaster of emotions of oh, okay yeah. it's a fixable thing with antibiotics okay this is a permanent thing okay maybe it's a fixable thing you know when it comes to, to pelvic floor therapy right yeah and a lot of the pain issues you know the urologists are very good at bladder issues, penis issues, prostate issues, but as far as the soft tissue around those areas and the, the muscles and the nerve supply, that's not really their wheelhouse. And so that's where we come in. And yes, you may have heard, you know, pelvic floor therapy, oh, you're gonna get somebody sticking their finger up there and no thank you, don't want that. Well, fortunately, that's not all we do. And I'm going to actually have Stacy share a little bit about, you know, what was your experience? Kind of what were some of your concerns or little fears going into it? Maybe some expectations and what, what do you want to share with him about that? You know, I think that's a big part of this is that I had expected that I was going to get internal massage for the pelvic floor. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that that wasn't the case, but I yes. think it's important for everybody listening to know that I had reached the critical point where I was willing to accept internal pelvic floor therapy, which is, you know, heck, yeah. it may even yeah. have, you know, may even have to have it done someday, but it's one of those things where that's like I was willing to go that far in order to get this under control. And so, you know, I, I think that that's a lesson for a lot of people. I wish I had done this six months before, yeah. eight months before, but you know, it is what it is. And you know, the, the Laura, you called me. I mean, I think we talked on the phone for something like 30 or 45 mm -hmm. minutes after I made the appointment and you said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Let's ease the brakes a little bit. Cause <laughs> I think I dove immediately into, well, how does this work? Is it a glove? Is it a wand? Is yeah. it something like this? And you're like, well, let's do a consultation and, and, and let's talk about this. Cause believe it or not, a vast majority of people can be done through external mm -hmm. pelvic floor massage, yeah. probably not the correct medical term, but that's a lay person here. So, um, I'm allowed to use wrong terminology. There you go. That's okay. <laughs> but, you know, I, I came in and, and you and I talked a, a, a ton. I mean, I think that first appointment that we had together was every bit of two hours. And for me, it was a lack of unknown. I, I really didn't. I had read textbooks and I had done forums. You know, I try to be as educated about this stuff, but it wasn't until you and I got one-on-one -on -one and I realized and you were able to talk me through what the heck was actually even going mm -hmm. on because... I didn't understand how all of this can be related. And yeah. when you started to explain to me that this muscle is, is interacting with this nerve, which is interacting with this muscle, which is why you're feeling this sensation here when, when in reality it's tightness around your yeah. pelvic floor. And, you know, that first appointment, you, you know, you did the external pelvic floor massage kind of well you did I think like a test of like where's your discomfort right. and mm -hmm. I, I mean being completely honest to the audience I came off the table a couple of times yeah. like, that's how <laughs> that's how sore I was in areas that I, I'll never forget because Laura was like at the end I'll show you how hard I'm pressing and literally she came up to me afterwards and she barely like I mean the softest touch on my hand and <laughs> yeah. she was like that's how hard I was pushing and and for me it was that was when everything clicked up yeah. holy cow like what this has been going on and I think you and I talked about this thing it was probably going on long before right my pelvic floor was yeah that was locked. one question that you know there's not a lot of research out there 
about it, but we started talking. It's like, I wonder if you had some underlying pelvic floor issues before, but just didn't know. Right. And what would you think? I We kind of talked about that. Yeah. Because yeah, I think yeah. ever so often I would get a little bit of like discomfort in the left testicle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now it's been years. And, and so it's one of those things where I don't remember, but I feel yeah. like that. Yes, I did. And I think the vasectomy, yeah. unfortunately, was the tipping point that cascaded right. all the yeah. rest of the problems. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree that yeah. there's probably some underlying dysfunction that's manageable. You don't know it, yeah. but you put a procedure like that on top of it and you could end up with a pain syndrome. Yeah. So now one thing nobody can see because this is a podcast is I have a an actual 3D model of the male pelvic floor that I show to my clients when I'm doing education. Did you find that helpful? Very, very. I mean, because I'm, I'm a medically trained person. So mm-hmm. for me, it was visualizing that. But I that was, a, that was super helpful. And, and then you were able to tie it to... Like when I laid on the table, you said, okay, I'm going to press here. Does it re- mimic the signs? And then yeah. you were able to tie it back to that model and say, remember on the model right. where I was mm-hmm. showing you where this came in. And so it was that combination of both things that I think right. really helped me to understand the disease process. Right. Yeah. And also just doing that external exam, we can find out, you know, are these pelvic floor muscle structures, are they actually reproducing the symptoms? And I... <laughs> I will say that when I did try out some of those muscles and press on them real lightly, I thought, Stacey's eyes, I thought, I thought your eyes were going to pop out of your head and you're like, oh my gosh, I think I'm going to go pee myself. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing that shocked me is it was like, there's no way she's going to yeah. be able to like, re, like, I thought I was unique and I thought yeah. I was different yeah. and, you know, that, that like, there's just no way you're going to be able yeah. to mimic those symptoms. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, honestly, I think I told you, I was like, thank the Lord I used the bathroom before I came in yeah. here yeah. because <laughs> there was a good chance things would have gone, gone south really quickly. But Yeah. But it was very validating, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, that absolutely. There is a musculoskeletal component to this problem. And so we started to work on that. And I would say we found not just tight muscles or whatever, but a whole pain response that had started. You know, the pain ramps up and what do you do? Get more anxious, get more tense. And it, it, I think from what you've shared, it felt totally out of control. So how can we help you get that control back to when that pain or that tightness ramps up? It doesn't end up that I'm grouchy. I just want to go home. Everybody leave me alone and I'm going to go to bed. And And I feel miserable. I mean, I was anxious because I... I, I mean, I had, you know, I'm one of those people that I've Googled and I gave myself everything from, from yeah. prostate cancer to a, yeah. a degenerative nerve disease, exactly. right? Yeah. And I mean, I was in that anxiety made it all that much worse. Yeah. So walk us through the steps of when you first started and kind of what we did to start working on that tension response and that pain response and giving you some of that control back rather than, okay, I'm going to come here to therapy. They're going to help do stuff. And then I leave. And, and, and when is this ever going to get better? (laughs) You did so much. Um, (laughs) You know, I I think it started with the education component Mm -hmm. again of understanding what, what we're working with. Um, And then we went on to 
understanding the various areas that, that I was having tightness in. Okay. And then we led that into the stretching mm -hmm. because the stretching, and everybody listen, the stretching is, is hands down one of the most important components of this, um, of understanding where you need to, to stretch and, and why you need to stretch mm -hmm. and how you access different muscles. It's not going to be as simple as going home and doing one lunge stretch and, and that's it for the yeah. day. I mean, we're talking 30 minutes twice a day in the early stages of this. And, and then part of this was how do you relax yourself and how do you become mindful of what's going on? And I mean, I don't think there's probably a single guy listening to this podcast who's ever thought about their pelvic floor. I was that as well. No idea what it was. But now I can sitting in this chair, I, I can literally like I can relax myself and get to the point that I can actually mindfully relax my pelvic floor and I can key my breathing into that as well. And it sounds like I'm, I'm sitting here talking about magic, but in reality, it's just <laughs> yeah. stage after stage after stage of, of learning how your body is functioning and, and taking those steps. Mm -hmm. And I think the other thing that we talked a lot about was just walking. Yeah. And, and I mean, I was working from home at the time and I, I still do on occasion. And you know, understanding that just something as simple as going out, shutting off your brain, and I think you call them sensory walks. Is that sensory what walks? That? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, that it was enough to just calm me down, and, and realizing that Stacy, you're stressed, right? Everybody is, right? Yeah. And and you're holding that stress, unfortunately, right around the middle of your body, and, right. and that stress is is what's continuing to cause this cycle, this pain, this discomfort. So, I mean, Laura, really, it was so much. It was all of that together. And mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that we did all that. And I mean, you and I, I think almost a year, we're, we're getting pretty close to it, mm -hmm. um, that that we've gone through and learned and done so much in that, that span of time. Yeah. yeah. And then the goal is more, okay, let's give you things to do at home. Let's give you some, I call them awareness activities. You know, what does mindfulness mean? Because that sounds a little bit woo-woo, you know. Um, I call it pay, pay attention. Yeah. You know, what's going on in your body? Have you noticed that when you get stressed that you may tense up, that you may hold your breath, things like that? And you just plow on through the day, like most of us do. And then by the end of the day, that tension has built up so much that you're hurting, which causes more stress. How do we break that cycle? And that is when he did more at home and came in less and less and didn't need that manual one-on-one -on -one therapy as much. And now it's basically when you have a little flare-up, you come in here to call it a tune-up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. instantaneous relief when we do, mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's just, it's, it's kind of crazy. And yeah. I think I've gotten to the point now where I walk in here and I say, Laura, I did something. I don't know yeah. what, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I, I ticked it off. My pelvic floor is mad and yeah. I just couldn't calm mm -hmm. it down myself. And there are definitely times where I'll have a little twinge or a flare up and I can know, okay, today's a day that I have to be way more mindful of what mm -hmm. I'm doing. It's, okay. I got to definitely get out there and walk. It doesn't matter. That it's 105 degrees outside. Yeah. You know, I've got to do these things to today more than other days i have this maintenance program that i have myself on but yeah. some days you just you got to do a little more you yeah do a little less so here's one question i hear from a lot of guys is there hope of getting better i've been dealing with this for a long time nobody's told me it's going to get any better i'm afraid i'm going to be stuck with this for the rest of my life you know, what helped you get over that and see the light at the end of the tunnel? And can you, can you address that, that issue? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the, that's a concern for everybody, right? When we deal, and this is a chronic disease. I mean, all chronic diseases exist, and I think that is part of this. But for me, and I can only speak for myself, it was understanding that I could do something about it, right? Prior to meeting Laura and, and, and learning all of this stuff, I, I almost felt like I was powerless, that I was kind of set back, and, and I have to accept what cards I was dealt with and, and learning and understanding and doing my end of this as much as, as Laura doing her end of this, um, I think was what allowed me to recover so quickly. And, and I do think that, yeah, I think that most everybody will get better. You certainly won't sitting at home thinking to yourself, well, do I go? Do I not go? Do I do this? Do I not do this? Um, you know, it's, it was funny to me that, and I see this in, in my own industry, that we'll go, we'll do multiple rounds of antibiotics, we'll do all kinds of pain medications, we'll do, I mean, you've told me some people that unfortunately had testicles removed, right? We'll yeah. Do, we'll, we're willing to go under the knife when in reality something is as beautiful as physical therapy is what actually fixed the the problem for me um, and doing breathing exercises and doing stretches and I, I I think that for me that was eye-opening um, I, I think that for all of you that are listening and going through this I encourage you to just you know I don't want to say bite the bullet because it sounds like it's a bad experience but it's because it's not but that's the best <laughs> metaphor yeah. I can come up with um, is is to just just take the the unknown and understand that it's it's probably going to help um at the very least for me it was almost an instantaneous improvement of my symptoms and and that was worth every bit of you know of coming here and meeting laura and, and all of that kind of stuff good yeah um so what is your what's your self-care routine like now when you feel how do you keep this, these symptoms at bay? I always say, you know, they may flare up, but maybe they're easy to ignore. They might be a little annoying. Walk us through what have you, what tools have you learned and yeah. that you're implementing still. Yeah. So I would say my, my daily routine now, and now it's so funny because it's a routine, right? You do mm -hmm. anything for 30 days and it becomes a habit. And so in the morning, I'll typically do light stretches. Um, and I've actually keep, because I've in the past, I've had some back issues as well. So I do like a whole yoga routine basically in the morning. And I feel weird now when I, I don't do it. And, um, and typically after the shower, because it relaxes muscles and, and allows me to kind of get ready for the day. And um, I try to take like a midday walk I think that that's very helpful if I can do it, even if it's something as simple as 15 to 30 minutes, I try to get out and do it. Um, one of the things that Laura has taught me, because especially I, I unfortunately ride the desk a lot these days in, in, in the office, is kind of doing throughout the day, making sure that I'm taking those breaks. And she even taught me some stretches that I can do in the chair. And I'm a lot more mindful of how I hold myself. I used to sit with one leg under my other leg and I, I don't do that anymore because that doesn't help the problem. Um, and then in the evening, I do a much heavier stretching session right before bed, which is about 30 minutes or so. Uh, and those those are kind of the keys, I think, in, in a lot of situations. And then um, Laura's taught me some other things like we some trigger point releases. I think one time we were talking about road hockey balls. And so on the days where I feel like, and this is again, probably one of the most important things that Laura has been able to teach me is awareness of knowing like, 
I'm on that cliff, and if I don't get this under control today, I'm going to fall off of it, and things are going to get much worse. And I'm just like every other guy out there. I go outside, and I do lawn, lawn work, and the next day I'm paying for it. But I try now to be way more mindful of stretching and, and doing things beforehand so I don't anger my entire pelvic floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. It's a commitment. Yeah. Um, but I feel better than I felt in a long time, um, and I think that that's a, a testament to that. Do you find that the exercises feel like they serve a purpose now. Absolutely, because you, you've you taught me awareness of the pelvic floor and I yeah. can feel it, right? Good. I mean, we used to stretch for the sake of stretching and, and it's, you know, it's not even just stretching and, and I'm gonna say this because I think a lot of us wanna, and I did this, and we wanna watch a YouTube video for, and I, I hate to be this way, but it's for women, right? And I did this before I came to you of, mm-hmm teaching myself stretching it and it's really stretching the right way for a guy um and it sounds like a really weird thing to say but i saw you know you get these yoga instructors online who are teaching you how to do a squat stretch and it's a woman and i'm like i can't physically if i get in that position and if i do somebody's gonna need to come save me um so it was a lot of it was a lot of learning not only stretching but learning to stretch the right way which is did you find anything really online for guys for pelvic floor stretching was that easy to find it was not easy to find at all um you know i i did i think it i found more resources in the form of of print probably because i think it was headache in the pelvis is that one of the the books Uh that was one of the ones i read but even that was a very academic thing and i mean there's some Mm -hmm. pictures there but no i think there were maybe one or two youtube videos i i saw and i again they were great but it wasn't a normal guy. It was a yoga instructor who'd been doing it for 40 years and could, you know, throw himself into a pretzel. Yeah. And, I, and I mean, for me, it was like, I need to understand what this looks like for the average non-flexible man. Yes. Yeah. So no, not very few, yeah. very few okay. resources. And I come to find out about 75% of the ones I found were not correct. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. you've taught me the right, yeah. the right way of doing yeah. it. You know, Yes, the stretches helped, and I think you started by books, reading books, doing stretches. That helped some, which is great, but it didn't really get to the root of the problem. Yeah, and it didn't teach me anything about the breathing. You know, I mean, it's like, here's your stretching, and I'm holding my breath the whole time, right? right? Which doesn't help. And so, you know, it's really, it was all of these things together, which you've been Mm -hmm. able to, to show me a lot. Yeah, yeah, there is a role of breathing and how it affects the pelvic floor. Actually, one of my YouTube videos talks about that, and it's like a piston. Most guys know what a piston is, but you can actually use your breathing, your diaphragm, to affect the tone of the pelvic floor, to increase activity, to decrease activity. It sounds a little a little strange, maybe, but it works and it's true, and it can really be a very powerful tool that you can use anytime anywhere once you learn it it's free and you can get results yeah which I mean, is what everybody I, wants the amount of times yeah. like, stacy are you breathing yeah and i'm like no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know that's been a big part of it as well yeah and you know i'd never I mean, truth be told i've never done a yoga class in my life you know but um it was one of those things that it it, it just it made the difference you know you could do the stretches but when i did the stretches and the Mm -hmm. breathing um improved significantly faster i'm way more flexible now than i have been in 20 years well and you're using the whole system the pelvic floor doesn't work all by itself 
you know, it works, it's part of the core, it's the bottom part, but your diaphragm is part of the core, your abdominals are, even some of your back muscles. So this, this method teaches you to use all of that together to get those results. So, well, we're gonna wrap this up pretty quick, but any advice to other guys on how to go about finding a pelvic floor therapist in their area if they call, what are they? What are good questions to ask to find someone who might be a good fit? Yeah, I mean, for, I think for this particular problem. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And and for me, I you know I googled pelvic floor therapy, and I would say ninety eight percent of what I came up with said no particular mention of men whatsoever. Okay. You know, it was just pelvic floor therapy. So I think that that's, and this sounds so dumb, but I think that's the first criteria of selection is they need to specifically say male pelvic floor therapy. Because after talking with you okay. and understanding, you know, the training is different between men and women. The the goals are different between men and women. How you approach it is different between mm -hmm. men and women, right? Yeah. I mean, there needs to be that. Um, I, I don't think you... Honestly, I feel like every one of us should ask our urologist, right? Because if we if enough of us ask them, hopefully they'll form there resources yes. for, for everybody. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that was it. And then for me yeah. and, and Laura, it was it was Google reviews, right? I mean, she specifically called out male pelvic floor pain. Mm -hmm. um, I went to the Google reviews and I looked, and she had beautiful reviews of one after another after another of people who were like, "She changed my life." and you know, I'm, I'm the, the first to tell you I don't trust reviews in a lot of places, but when you get patients that are speaking out about that degree of thing, I think that that means a lot for me. And, and you know, again, I, I, I would say make that appointment and go. And I firmly believe that the best medical practitioners are the ones who have the heart of a teacher, which Laura absolutely does. And so get in there and make sure they're educating. They're not going to throw you up on a table and go yeah. to work, right? Yeah. Because I think that you, you have to have somebody who's invested in all of the stages of this, which is well-being, which maybe that's, you know, using Laura's online stuff with in-person therapy, that kind of thing. I think that that's all going to be um, extremely, extremely mm -hmm. valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Long answer to a short No, that's, that's good because I get that a yeah. lot. And I would add to that, there are several places you can look at online. And I will put that in the comments of the podcast. Um, pelvicguru.com is a good one. And there's a few others that you can go. You can type in pelvic floor physical therapist. You can type in specifically for men, specifically for pain. And they're all vetted, you know, they're all approved as people who are qualified. And you can see who is, who fits that category in your area, which is a good place to start. If you don't have that, calling up places and saying, do you treat men as well as women? But going beyond that, saying, what percentage of your average clientele is male? And if you have somebody who's been doing this 25 years and has only seen less than 10 male clients, you might wanna go elsewhere if you have the option. But um, I know a lot of guys are frustrated by that, that they find, oh, no, I'm sorry, we just treat women. We don't treat men. So asking those pointed questions, being persistent. So I'm gonna flip being this around on you. Yeah. Are you finding that, you know, as this becomes more and more of a, of a of a recognized need, are you all building a network of 
you know, I, I don't know if you're going to get certified in male pelvic floor therapy, but are you finding that you're starting to create all of this, this like network of people throughout the United States? Yes. We're still way behind. You know, it's still, and, and I've told Stacy this too, we are writing men's health in real time because there's not the research out there. The research has not caught up with what's going on clinically. And guys, if we wait for that to happen, there are thousands upon thousands who are gonna to continue to suffer with this kind of stuff needlessly. And so we are literally researching as we apply these clinical practices. They're sound, they make sense. Um, they help affect the muscles. But there are groups that I know I'm a part of for specifically male pelvic floor physical therapy. There's a lot in Europe and there's a lot in Australia and not as many in the U.S. There's some here in our area who do work with men as well as women. But it's hard to get the word out and it's kind of a tough uphill climb to do that. But that is something, you know, there are resources out there that are available and I appreciate that because it's through that network that I have learned the skills that I know. Interesting, you said about certified, you can get a certification in women's health, but not yet in men's health. And there are some steps being made to change that so that it's easier for physical therapists to get trained in this specialty and easier for other men to find the help that they need. Well, and I yeah. wonder, you know, as, as more of this gets out there and more discussions are had and, and through mm -hmm. avenues like the podcast and, you know, the varying degrees, which I'm sure there are of the, the symptoms that go along with pelvic floor discomfort of how, yeah. how much more often this kind of thing will come up. As I was listening to the radio, yeah. I, I can't remember, it probably dates me, I guess, because people don't listen to the radio <laughs> anymore. Uh, but, I mean, the radio host was talking about you know, openly dribbling yeah. urine after okay. urination. Yeah. And I, I was in the car and I was like, that guy needs pelvic floor and PT. <laughs> you know, not being the yeah. you know, medical diagnosis. I have no, no, no claim yes. to that at all. But I was yeah. thinking like, this is a problem that I'm sure many, many, many men deal with. Right. And, yeah. You know, I wonder if, if this was a more widespread, again, not specialty, but maybe a more widespread treatment option that was discussed, you know, um, it'd be interesting yeah. to know if the men would be lining up around the door of knowing that this actually can be fixed. It's not, right. you know, just something you have yeah. to accept. Yeah. And I think also what I have found, again, in my personal experience, as you know, and all I do is pelvic floor physical therapy, but you help one guy, they go back to their urologist and they tell their urologist, hey, this worked. The urologist starts sending other people and he's finding out, he or she is finding out, hey, this is working. Most people are getting better. And then they start telling their patients, hey, a lot of my, my folks are getting better through pelvic floor physical therapy. Why don't you give it a try? And now they're referring patients rather than the patients having to go through the long, hard, frustrating journey of finding it themselves. So I'm seeing a trend in that, but it's a slow one. But you guys have a voice. It may not feel like it, <laughs> but you know, a lot of times your medical practitioner doesn't even know about it. 
they just don't know. They've never been told. They've never been taught about it. But they may find, hey, I'm looking for some solution. I got nothing to give these guys. And this is something they can offer. All right. Well, thank you so much for being our guest on the podcast down there. And hope you all have a great day. And we will see you at the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. Drop in a comment and let us know how you liked this last episode. Now, do you have questions or do you want to know more about us? Perhaps you're ready to take that next step. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Laura McCaig PT or visit our website at www.lauramccaigpt.com to learn even more. Thank you.